All right, Lemonheads and FIU Panthers fans. We got, I don't know what that was, but. Two cats. <laughs> but we got Eric Henry on the line. What's up, Eric? What's going on, fellas? It's been a minute, man. I'm uh, I'm glad I can come in and through and uh, kick it with Lemon City Live, man. It's been a busy day, man. I've been doing, uh, doing a couple podcasts. I'm doing 560 after you guys. So this is my moment to kind of let my hair down, you know, take a suit and tie off, you know, throw on some dickies and jays and just kick it with the homies, man. So it's all good. Last time I saw you, you didn't have any hair. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Get them off you, Eric. <laughs> look, man, look, all right? I'm secure on myself that I know I had to come on home before the age of 30, all right? I only made it to 26. <laughs> and, uh, you know, trying to – I was definitely pulling that LeBron, trying to get that low one fade. And I was like, you know what, man? It's, I'm just going to say this money. I'm trying to hold on, bro. I don't blame you. Damn. It's all good, man. I can't it's all relate, good. bro. can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Happens to the best of us, bro. So, of course. Yeah, man. All right, so let's just get right into it, bro. FIU starts – their season this week, they're heading out to Tulane. And yeah, you're, tomorrow. No, Thursday, right? Thursday, yeah. yeah. Well, when you hear the show, it is tomorrow. So. Yeah. So uh, you're heading out there, right, Eric? Correct. Ooh. All right, all right. So tell me, what can we expect from uh, from this? This is probably the their their most difficult game outside of the Canes. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up between Tulane, Marshall, and Louisiana Tech. Uh, obviously, the Canes, talent-wise, you know, are really the, the a notch above those three teams. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be their second toughest game, more or less. All right. Okay. So, all right. So, you've been following the team in the offseason. You've been at practices. You've talked to coach. You've talked to players. You haven't talked to us. So, tell us, what uh, what's your what's your outlook right now, man? Like, realistic. Uh, realistic outlook here. What do you think? Is this uh, a better team than last season? Let's just start there. You think this is a better squad on paper than last season? Look, man, don't start that pessimistic <laughs> FIU alum backpedaling. We talking about realistic. Realistic is a ten win season. That's that's just a fact. When you talk about when you talk about what this team has on paper, James Morgan in his second year in the offense. You know, I can let guys like Tanar can speak to this, but Morgan only has 17 practices coming into last year. So he didn't even have an entire offseason to learn the system. He didn't really start progressing, as you guys know, until the middle Tennessee State and Western Kentucky games. Yep. So now he has an entire offseason underneath his belt to really go out and do his thing. Uh -huh. Guys like Stanley Thomas Oliver, that was his first year playing cornerback. A bunch of the young guys, like the Dames brothers, are a year, are a year older. Uh -huh. Anthony Jones is fully healthy. So I don't see any reason. And you look at the schedule, I don't see any reason why this team shouldn't win 10, if not 11 games. Okay, so the playoffs, FCF playoffs, right? That's what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> FCF playoffs, yeah. I, I, I don't know about all that. I, I, think, uh, I think the team up in Orlando has a better shot at making the playoffs than uh, FIU. But uh, oh, it's uh, well, soon enough. Soon but enough. You, you got the right to be optimistic about this season because you watch them play spring and you see the reps they got in, in the end of the season last year. So it's important to be optimistic about the season because everybody's 0-0 except Miami and Florida and the teams that, are, that played uh, the past week when they came to college football. But you said you wanted to run by something uh, with me uh, when we were off the air. Uh, what was the question you had to ask me, brother? Sure, sure. So this is the thing I really want a player perspective on, right? Because I had asked Coach Davis, the one deficiency for FIU last year was the run defense. They finished 13th out of 14th teams. And, you know, the guys can, can attest to this. It wasn't like they were giving up 100, 125 yards when it was bad. They, were, they gave up almost 500 yards of rushing offense to FAU. I mean, that's abysmal. Mm -hmm. So the question I have for you is this. When I ask the guys what needs to change, whether that's the coaching staff or the players, the thing that was repeated to me was technique and fundamentals, right? Now, when you hear that on the surface, 
it sounds like coach speak, but when I followed up and asked the guys, they said this. Guys like T.R. Tart, uh, who's a defensive tackle and Noah Curse's defensive end, said that two things. One, guys weren't lining up in the right gaps, mm-hmm. and that was causing a lot of the a lot of the huge open holes for the running backs. But the second thing I thought that was really interesting, and I want your opinion on this, is T.R. said that making the jump from high school to JUCO mm-hmm. was easy because he's relied on his athleticism to make plays. Mm-hmm. He, he couldn't exactly do that when he made the jump from JUCO to FBS. Mm-hmm. He had to learn that it wasn't necessarily always on him to make the tackle. Mm-hmm. Part of him, part of him, his progression was playing the scheme mm-hmm. so that maybe he can funnel that to a defensive end or funnel that to a Sage Lewis and realize, hey, it's not always my job to make the tackle. Part, mm-hmm. of, part of playing defense and defensive line is to play assignment football. And I just want to bounce that off you having that player perspective. You hit it right on the head because when it comes to – the major league, I mean, the major college football teams, the Power Five Hundreds, or uh, the Power Five, I said Power Five Hundreds. Uh, everybody has their own assignment to do. Sure and it's assignment football. When you come from college, I mean, when you come from high school to JUCO, high school, you could just dominate by yourself and you could just power over the, the lower level uh, skilled players when you're playing D line and going to the office alignment. When you go to a JUCO, it's some of the same. It just depends what uh, division you're playing in when it comes to the, the JUCO. Now, when you go to FS, when you go to, to the FIU, or you go to these other universities at the Conference USA, uh, it's assignment football. So if you don't play in your gap as a D tackle or a DN, you lose the edge, and the guy gets outside. Then you're depending on the linebacker to make the play, and he misses assignment, and then the cornerback can't make the play. Then it's a 90 yard, 80 yard game, or touchdown. Same thing when it comes to the cornerback position. You know, you're so used to. Uh, playing your assignment, so you told to play inside leverage, but you want to play outside, and the guy runs a slant, and he goes with 60 yards for a touchdown, you didn't do your job because it may be a zero zero coverage, and, you know, you have no help in the middle. So what that player said is 100% right. Now, also what Coach Davis said is fundamentals and techniques. That's also important, too, because when it just comes to being just an athlete, you just can't rely on what your strengths are, being strong and being fast. You know, your technique is very important because you got to use your hands, you got to use your feet, you got to use your hips. And those are very important components when it comes to being in a major university or a major college. And obviously, when you go to the NFL level, those things are extremely important because everybody's strong, everybody's fast, everybody's big. So, you know, it's a lot of elements that are involved when it comes to uh, when it comes to the college football and especially when you're playing in major college football teams. So Coach Davis is right. And also the players are right, so it's 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 not it's not that simple to pinpoint one thing. And also when you're playing teams like Tulane, you're playing teams like Miami, uh, they are fundamentally sound, but they may be faster and stronger than you. You have to do everything perfect. And I'm talking about FIU. So fellas, yeah, I'm glad I had Tanar have a chance to explain that because I would get a lot of people on Twitter asking. Why isn't this guy, he was a four-star recruit coming to FIU, Taylor Humphrey, four-star recruit, mm-hmm. such and such, four-star recruit. Why isn't it working out? Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I had Tenard maybe kind of break that down in a way that people can understand. Yeah, because he also played to his level, too. When he was at a JUCO, he played to his level. You know, he played to the level of the, whatever competition it is. So when he went to FIU, he played against teams that may have a D-tackle, I'm sorry, office alignment that is bigger than him. He has to rely on the scheme. He has to rely on the technique. It's not just about because I'm bigger than you or I'm not I'm not bigger than you now, so I can't just power you over. I just have to do my job, stay inside, hopefully the linebacker scrapes off me and makes the tackle. So, you know, it's it's so many 
levels when it comes to college football. And the teams that always go to the national championship or make the college football playoffs are the teams that do everything right. And if a Coach Davis want to put himself in a position to put FIU in a position to be at a, a college football uh, playoff, he has to do everything right. And the coaching staff have to do everything right. And the players have to do everything right. Football talk. Man, you know, yeah, man, that was I am also glad that Tenard is here because if you would have asked me about playing in the gap, I would have said a pervy joke. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I mean, I got from I got I got I got a lot out of that. I got a lot out of that. That was uh, thanks, TD. No was, problem, guys. No problem. That's why I'm here. There. All right, so um, <laughs> that was like that was like TED Talk material, bro. That was yeah. great. You guys are intense there, man. That was that was really good. Yeah, as you know, it's that, I, I I know we took that to nerdy football talk, man. So, that, but that's something I had to get on the record. So I'm apologize about that, fellas. <laughs> nah, don't apologize. Or you needed no, we needed like that it, advice. You needed got, to know. So I'm glad I was here to be able to give it to you, brother. We got some sponers over here, bro. Yeah, bro. Sports boners, yeah. TD's face. TD's face was all lit up talking about you know, oh, yeah. defensive yeah, assignments. Not because I want I want FIU to have a good season. Yeah. You know, this is gonna be Coach Davis' our third year. Third yep. year. Yeah. So this is really going to show what he's been working on. This is when your your recruits are starting to show up and starting to play. And he has his coaching staff. So is this going to be a, a 10 and 0 season? Are we going to go 8 and 2? Or are we going to take it all away and make FIU a respectable university and also competing with the recruiting to yeah. snatch those players from FAU, mm-hmm. University of Miami, yeah. UF? Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Now, uh, Eric, actually, I want to ask you since you're the big, you know, you uh, UCF guy. You're big. Uh, you're big on your squad over there. The night. You're a... <laughs> <laughs> night. <laughs> what, uh, hey, hit me with the question, man. I hear the punchline coming. What's up? No, no. Who's uh? <laughs> what do you think is gonna ha- like? How, how are you feeling about your team in comparison to FIU? I, do you do you see the gap closing a little bit, or do you still feel like you guys are, you know, uh, a little a little leading the pack there per se? Well, first thing I got to correct you. Remember, I'm a I'm a journalist with a capital J, so I don't have a team per se. But my my alma mater, if you're speaking of UCF, um, no. All jokes aside, I mean, the talent level at FIU, no matter whether, and I saw a little bit a bit of this when the series was announced, right? The 2020 and 2023 matchup with UCF yep. and FIU. FIU fans are like, hey, this is great. You know, we get a chance to challenge ourselves, keep this rivalry going. UCF fans are kind of being a, a little bit uh conceded a little bit cocky and saying, hey, we're past this. And to an extent, they're right because their goals are to make the college football playoff. Beating FIU doesn't necessarily do that for you. But what they should realize is I graduated UCF 2015. When I graduated at UCF, they were FIU, more or less, just with a bigger stadium and a bigger fan base. That's it. Now, I mean, those two things matter. They're saying something. But in terms of the talent level on the field, people don't realize UCF went from being a competitive group of five team that could, you know, and Tadar can speak to this, if everything comes together and you got a senior heavy team and you got a quarterback, you can make a run like 2013 win a Fiesta Bowl, but they weren't necessarily a dominant team, right? And now you fast forward to today, they can play with anyone in the nation. The talent level has increased to, to that type of level. And I see the same thing happening with FIU. When you bring in a guy like Jeremiah Holeman, who's a, a four-star slash five-star recruit, that's that's incredible you know former um university of georgia receiver mm-hmm. you bring in that type of talent the talent level is closing and it's something that not only should ucf fans take notice 
But, you know, I may catch heat for this like I did last year. UM fans should take notice of this. I asked this to Tenard when I was on the podcast last year, and he agreed that the reason that UM, UF, FSU haven't been able to have those sustained stretches of success is because those three-star guys who might provide depth at the big three and might start as a junior or senior are saying, hey, I'm going to take my ball and go to FAU or FIU or USF or UCF, ball out as a freshman and maybe be in the league by the time I'm a junior. They're building that talent level. So it, it, the talent gap is closing. This year is really the chance where FIU has a chance to show and prove and say, hey, we got a, t- a team that's heavy with guys from Dade County, Broward County, Palm Beach County, and we can play. One component that a lot of people miss, when you have a, a great talent that transfers from another school, and he may not was able to crack the roster at that university, it's all about the coaching that he gets at the university he transfers to. Because you can be talented as as as, as Calvin Johnson or uh, or Andre Johnson, but if you're not coached to to teach them how to play the receiver position, how to line up, how to get off the line, he's just going to rely on what got him into college, his basic skill set. So, a lot of these colleges that have coaches that go unknown, but they are the real truth to these three-star prep uh, athletes going in and being almost first-round picks, second-round picks, and making the university look better than what they originally are. Because, like, what did this kid come from? Like, T.Y. Hilton, who who's playing amazing in the NFL. Like, why T.Y. Hilton couldn't go to the University of Miami? Why he couldn't go to FSU? Why he couldn't – because they missed out on something because he wasn't coached the way he is in the NFL. T.Y. Hilton is a great receiver. He was a great receiver at FIU. He could have made a great receiver at the University of Miami or at, uh, University of Florida. So – when we have these recruits that come in from uh, JUCOs and other universities as transfers, uh, they can be great, a great asset for that team and also push them over that ledge to make them a, a way more respectable university. Here's a question I got to ask the fellas. As you guys, as being part of the FIU community, and I can call you guys part of the FIU community, what is a successful season in terms of attendance, man? Like, I just want to know – Coming off of a bowl win, can we expect a sellout this year outside of the the game at the at the uh, Marlins Park? See there, that was my next question for you actually too. Oh, that's yeah, my bad. Yeah, you my bad. Stole, nice. stole my thunder there, bro. But uh, we need but, to see more students than alumni in the stands. First of all, that's what's been lacking. Yeah. You go to the games and there's no students in that in that stadium because uh because they you know they they haven't had a good relationship with uh with the university. With all the all the crackdowns from the fraternities and all that stuff, but I think they they are uh, taking steps to um, to remedy that that problem. Uh, a, a good example was this past Sunday where they had the Meet the Panthers Day. Sure, yeah. Yeah. sure. They I showed mean, up. This is. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm actually. Did they show up? The the fans. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. It was okay. a good turnout. And okay. to, to add on to piggyback to what Gus is saying, I've always thought that. And he's absolutely right. There's a lot of alumni. There's a ton of people outside the stadium tailgating, having a good time. We just got to get them inside. And they've done like crazy giveaways. I think they were giving out like iPads or tablets, and they've done all types of yeah. stuff. They they really try. But I think the difference, as good as Coach Davis is and as big a name as he is, man, you got to get a transcendent player on the field. Somebody that really like just electrifies every – the way T.Y. did. When T.Y. was, you know – uh was doing it at FIU, people were showing up. That's when attendance was yeah. probably at its best. And as good as 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 great as the season that we had the last couple of years under Butch, 
people don't go to see the coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, they want to see a player. We need one of these guys, whether it's James Morgan or somebody, to really just step up and just be something that everybody can get behind and that student base can get really behind and cheer for. I think that's when you'll see a spike. But other than that, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, but I know what's happened. I know what's happened the last few years, and... I know we get there on Saturday nights and it, it, the crowds aren't the same. It doesn't transcend. It doesn't, you know, reflect what's really what's really happening with the program. But this is my question for you guys, and I'll make it quick. I, I'm just thinking back to my perspective as a student, right? So my senior year is when I started, you know, getting heavily involved um, in game day operations and I wasn't out tailgating or whatnot. But at UCF, and I know everyone's going to say, people listening are going to say, all right, Orlando, Miami, different cities, but just hear me out. At, at UCF, the football game was your pregame for your night's events, right? Yeah. So you go to the football game, you tailgate from 12 to 2, game would start at 3, you go from 3 to 6, you get out there, do a little more, you know, uh, have a few more adult beverages, uh, and then you go back to your dorm or you go back to your apartment, you nap for an hour and a half, two hours, and then you get out, you get up, and you get ready, you go out. I don't understand why that's not the same thing at, at, at FIU, it's, I'm like, in my mind, I'm just, I'm just really curious from the FIU community perspective, what else do you have as to why you can't go to the game? Because that was the pregame for us. You just you go to the game, and then you go out. You can still, even if you, if you don't live in Sweetwater and you live in Broward or you live in another part of Dade, you can still make it from Sweetwater uh, if, if you have an uh, 8 o'clock game. You can still make it back to your house by 10, 30, 11 o'clock, oh, yeah. get ready, and go out. So I just don't understand the argument behind needing that and i and i hear your point about you know you want to have a guy who brings people in the stands that's always great but i'm like as a college student 18 19 20 21 what else you got to do <laughs> Dude, nothing I <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure the marketing team at fiu has been trying to figure out that same you know equation because <laughs> yeah. they it's it's they're, they're still i agree to, with you i totally agree with you they're still trying to build that culture that football college sort of culture you know what i mean like, everybody in Miami grows up a Canes fan, so they don't feel, even though they go to FIU, a lot of people go to FIU because they didn't choose FIU. That was maybe their second or third option. But that, and that's really the, the issue there. If, 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 I don't want to even talk this to existence. So hold me, <laughs> like, forgive me for saying this. If FIU beats Miami this when? year, <laughs> that, would, that, would, that would switch the fan base immediately. That could do it. Not maybe. immediately, no, but it no, will, it will. This for is a why, lot of people. No, yeah. This is why. That because a defining because what, it, a what it will show is that what people will believe is that FIU has caught up to Miami. That will be the argument. That will be the, the, cooler, the, the water cooler talk. That will be the yeah. discussion of the day. Sport Talk Radio will say, did FIU actually catch up to Miami? And if it's, it, it doesn't have to be a, a, a big win. It has to be like a field goal or, or a fumble or whatever. Yeah. The point is – a small division, Conference USA, your stepbrother beat you in your home. Yeah. How can you defend that? The fans will start showing up. They will say, hey, FIU is a serious contender now. That starts supporting it. They'll storm the field, and then depending on what they do next year to piggyback off that, yeah. they can use that ammo to get people to show up for the games. It'll de it'll definitely be a catalyst. Like it'll it'll improve uh, recruiting, and and that's just gonna improve the program. So because it'll definitely I, be a catalyst. Miami for can't go ten. And, it can't. They're not gonna show up undefeated together anymore. So say if it's yeah, FIU yeah. is undefeated when they face Miami. Miami has that one loss, yeah. and FIU wins. Yeah. That will shift everything. 
Mm-hmm. I'm guaranteed you. You could obviously you got me on tape saying this. Yeah. It will shift mm-hmm. everything, and then you will have the answer to your question. People will start showing up. Butch Davis can run with that. He can start saying, "Hey, look what I did. I beat the team that I or I beat the college that I used to coach. Now we're the real swag now. Yeah. Well, let, Be let a me, Panther." Let me ask Eric. Eric, what do you think if if the game against the Canes this season hadn't have been played? At Marlins Park, where it's going to be, or is it? It's Marlins Park. Marlins right? Park, yeah, yeah. If they had played it at FIU and then made it like an incentive, like to get tickets for that game, you had to go to certain games and stuff like that during the season. I think that would have been the natural way to get more people in. True, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's like some. Obviously, the yeah. money is Kane, the big Kane's, issue there. I think Kane's refused to play at FIU Stadium, and I don't yeah. think they have the capacity to hold that many people there too. Yeah, I think it's like twenty-one thousand, twenty-two thousand, yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they don't have enough people to hold it. Mm. Here's here's what people don't realize, and a lot of people, I should say a lot. I've had some people say, why didn't we get at the cage and wanted at the cage? One, the capacity. Two, I think people fail to realize that this is an entire athletic department, right? FIU is the home team this year. So if you can sell 30 or 40,000 seats at home, I mean, Marlins Park is what, 30-something thousand um, seats, something something. like that? But if you can sell, if you can sell their share out, you bring that money back into your athletic department. Yep. Whereas you might not be able to get that and every seat matters at the cage when you're not selling out games. Exactly. So it just makes most the most sense all the way around to have the game in Marlins Park. Yeah, but did but don't the aren't the the Canes paying FIU a bunch of money to play them too? Yeah. They, I mean, yeah, the Canes can pay them a whole bunch of money, but I mean, and I'm not saying this to be disrespectful, when you show up uh, against Marshall with a division title on the line and there's 1100 people in the stands, Every single dollar and every single seat counts. So if you can get the if you can get the extra thirteen thousand seats at Marlins Park, you're bringing that revenue back into your athletic department, which people have failed to, to remember. Pete Garcia has to worry about the entire athletic department, not just the football team. So that helps cover funds. You know, as a fan, I want both teams. Obviously, I want Miami to, to win out and face FIU as an undefeated team. That will that will show. All right, both teams are at their peak. They're playing great this season. What do we have? Which school is actually better now? Yeah. That'd be fun. It'd be, the, it'd be the headline <laughs> in this news. That'd be a lot of fun. We, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we get college game day if that happens. Wow. That'd, be, that'd even be dope. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think you guys are going to win. If they both result. went out from here on yeah, to if, November. If FIU is undefeated and they're the talk of the town, they put highlight reels up on ESPN and people will start showing up for the games and they face Miami that's 9-1. and one. Yeah. Like, that'd be huge. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Oh. You think Eric? You think uh, we get game day? Uh, no. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to be the. Uh, I'm saying you uh, could be you know, optimistic. The, the a little bit. I mean, just uh, no, I'm with you, Eric. FIU, I don't that's, see, that's I don't not see any much of a uh, yeah. And also, uh, fellas, game days become kind of like this destination type deal. I don't know if you guys have noticed it. I mean, back in the day, you know, like I remember when I was in middle school, they went to like FAMU or Bethune Cookman to kind of showcase a smaller school. But now it's become the destination. You know, so they had it at Disney the other day. It's about having it at like these destination places. So I, I, I hell, it was a fight just to get it at UCF last year. So I mm-hmm. doubt they're going to come to a CUSA team. Oh, you're not going to see it over at the Graham Center? <laughs> Tone <it down> <laughs> right? You see uh, see uh, Coach Lee Corso throwing on the uh, Rory's head at the Graham Center? Yeah. I, I, hey, you never know, uh, bro. Anything is possible. Yeah, man. All right, well, we're going to – let's let's change gears here, man. You know, you're, uh, you're coming back down here soon. We haven't seen you in a while. And yep. uh, you're still repping, you know, your Tampa and your uh, your croquetas and your <laughs> Cuban sandwich. You already know it. Yeah, you already you know. know. But um, I know we usually ask you about that, but we also talk, you know, we've had good conversations about music. And I want to ask you, did you watch any of the VMAs last night? 
Man, you know what? I didn't get a chance to because I was traveling. Uh-huh. I was actually up in Jacksonville um, doing some uh, some work for the gig, and I, I didn't get a chance to. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you're an old school hip-hop fan, that tribute at – well, two things. The tribute to Missy Elliott was tight. Telling you that was pretty tight. You can watch it on YouTube. They got the whole uh, performance there. And uh, at the end, they had this whole little closing New Jersey thing. And they had Red Man, Naughty by Nature, uh, nice. Queen Latifah. That's what's up. Um, oh, man, I'm forgetting. So Wyclef Jean, dude. Wyclef Jean sighting, man. He's still out there, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Still doing it hard, man. Taking all that money from Haiti from the hurricane relief. Uh, <laughs> Damn. This is, yo, this is what I say, because you guys mentioned Missy. This is what I would say. I'll put this on the record. I'm 28 years old. The album that I can remember as a kid, and I went back and listened to it a couple of weeks ago, that really just showcases how ahead of the game Missy is in terms of these female rappers out now, the real world. The one that had Hot Boys and everything oh, on it. Okay. Go back and listen to that oh, album yeah. now, and you won't even want to hear, and it's no disrespect, but you won't want to hear a Cardi B or such and such. They're not even on that type of level. Well, I'm yeah. saying Missy was ahead of her game. Yeah, you know, I thought she was going to yeah. see Superfly because that was my favorite album. <laughs> But yeah, she was she was ahead of the game when it came to choreography. She was ahead of the game when it came to vid- videography. She was ahead of the game in every aspect. So, you know, she is one yeah. of those iconic people that if you don't know who Missy Elliott is, you probably lived in a rock, literally. Yeah, uh, man. No, she's a game changer. Yeah, can't disagree with any of that. Yeah, but what happened to Bubba Sparks, bro? What? <laughs> Bubba Sparks? <laughs> Getting ugly, ugly. Drake. <laughs> Somewhere in Drake. Drake. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude. Oh, Old school man. reference, man. Hey, well, Eric, man, thank you so much for uh, for joining us, bro. We look forward to seeing you at the uh, FIU home opener, right? Yeah, man. You know, I'll be there. Uh, that's the seventh. Yeah, the week after. The, yeah, because yeah, we got Tulane Thursday. I'm getting getting my dates mixed up. We got Tulane Thursday, and then we got the home opener, home opener versus Western Kentucky on the seventh. So I'll see you fellas out there tonight. Always go fun chopping up with you, my man. No problem, bro. Keep awesome, it easy, bro. man. Be safe. Hey, all be right, good, man, man and uh, we'll bring you some croquetas, all right? <laughs> all right, man. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> all right, brother. Later. Take care. No! Stop being a bitch. Oh, man.